Welcome to the G3 Podcast. I'm Virgil Walker. I'm joined today by Scott Annual and by Josh Bice. Uh, we're excited uh, to bring this episode to you. It's the first uh, of our episodes in this space. And I can honestly say this, gentlemen, we're back. Yes. Yep. We are back. I, I love the phrase, love to say that, excited about what we're doing here at G3 uh, in this in this studio. We've been itching, dying really to get in here yeah. uh, and record something. Uh, and it's, it's with great joy that we bring this to you. We've got a great topic that we're going to talk about and discuss uh, on this episode with you today. Before we jump into that, I do uh, want to just begin by making you aware of, of two things that are going to be happening this year. 2023 is a massive, massive year. Uh, for G3. Uh, March the 24th and 25th, we have a regional conference. This regional conference is a Spanish-speaking conference. It will be here at Praise Mill Baptist Church. Uh, we're excited to have pastors from all over join us. M majority of them will be Spanish-speaking. Uh, they're going to be joining us at the conference. The, the theme uh, of the conference is the Church of the Living God. Uh, as I thought about the theme and, and what we're going to be talking about, it's important to understand that, that, that as, as we're witnessing churches dying uh, in some instances from people just walking away, COVID, what have you, not being a part of a, a part of church uh, practice on a, on a consistent basis, uh, whether it's the idea that, that you know, you, you're, you're performing or being a part of or participating in some old uh, kind of way of experiencing church. Uh, it's not your church. Uh, it's not your mother's church. It's not your grandmother's church. Mm -hmm. The church is the church of the living God, and, and we need to focus on that. So we're going to be joined by pastors from all over, March 24th and 25th. Uh, you'll want to be there, be a part of that. And Josh, you're practicing speaking in tongues, right? Yes, you could, you, you could definitely say that. <laughs> I've been working on it, yeah. so okay. I've been going to classes okay. and good. You know, good. trying to really practice. Yeah, you'll, you'll, ha you'll have an interrupter. That's yes, what we call them. That's yeah. absolutely right. No okay. doubt. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, I, I've done that once. You've done it a, num a number of times. It's it's uncomfortable, is it not? It can be, but it, if you get a good translator, it can actually be fun yeah. if they follow you. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, you won't want to miss that. And then what we have every two years, which is our <laughs> national conference. God is sovereign over everything. He is sovereign over the entire universe. He is sovereign over nature. He literally has created everything that exists out of nothing. It is the doctrine of sovereign election that empowers and ignites missions. And it is the doctrine of sovereign election that guarantees the success of missions around the world. We will not build the church according to the changing whims of an ungodly culture. We will change that ungodly culture by the power of the immutable gospel. All I have is God wrapped himself in flesh, died on a cross, nailed my sin thereto, was placed in the grave, rose again on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and is there making intercession for me until such time as my salvation is completed and he takes me home. The more they see, the more they will love him. Stop giving them all this silly fodder and life principles and lay before them. Live your life in solitude, crying out to God. Live your life on your knees. Live your life with your Bibles torn asunder. Live your life for the people of God, 
to be able to present to them the beauty of what he is, the glory of his cross. There is no such thing as Mother Nature. God rules and reigns over everything. There's not a leaf that falls from a tree that God did not call it to fall at that very moment. God is in control of every single thing, meticulously ruling over the entire universe. Join us for the 2023 G3 National Conference on the Sovereignty of God. It's going to be amazing. I pause because you, you, need to, you need to make plans to be there and to join us. September 21st through the 23rd, uh, 2023, mark your calendar. Get there. Uh, this is going to be our, our national conference. Uh, we're going to be talking about the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. Uh, get online. Go to g3men.org uh, and, and get registered uh, immediately. In fact, by the end of this month— right. Ticket prices will go up. Yep. So uh, I believe the price change is February 1st. Yep. Uh, so this is the opportunity to get the, get, uh, the, the conference registrations at, at, at the most inexpensive price. Uh, so you'll definitely want to take advantage of that. Anything else that I'm leaving out of that, gentlemen? Well, I what's think that, the theme of the that's conference? That's a great thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you adding that. The theme of this conference is the sovereignty of God. It's um, a good topic. It's a great topic. It's important, I think, in, in our day and time because... Everything that we're encountering, every facet of life is an attack on God's sovereignty. Yep. Uh, whether it's issues of, of gender, whether it's whether it, you know it's issues of sexuality, uh, whether it's issues of ethnicity and race, uh, whether it's issues of, of of the government and what they want to do and encroach upon upon you know, rights uh, th that are that are deemed our our free rights or the rights of, of the church. That's things that the church should be involved in. Government is is is, is overruling in some mm -hmm. instances. We have to get back as believers in Christ. We have to get back to understanding spheres of influence and ultimately that God is sovereignly in control. Absolutely. Uh, so, so this is going to be imperative. It's going to be a great reset for every one of us to connect, to, to, to kind of uh, gather together uh, September 21st through the 23rd for the uh, National Conference on the Doctrine of the Sovereignty of God. Yeah, I think, I think the beauty of this conference is, you know, obviously the, the connection points that we enjoy as we come together, we've seen that so often. I mean, we've seen everything from, you know, ministries that connect with other ministries that has helped local churches, which yeah. obviously that's the whole reason for the existence of this ministry. Mm -hmm. But we've actually seen people meet their spouses, numerous people. Yeah, we yeah. just had a post on Instagram. That, I saw that. that. A year, met, met in the uh, the exhibit hall. A year later, they got married. Absolutely. Yeah. It happens often. We've had it here even in our own local church. Yeah. And so it's a wonderful thing, but it comes around every two years. Yeah. And so it's really important if you're planning to be a part of the conference to be with us in September. Uh, again, if you miss it, you'll have to wait two years before it happens yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, we, we anticipate you know, more than more than 6,500. We had 6,500 last time. We're trying to reach more than 7,000 people at this conference. We'll have a, more than 125 exhibitors. It's going to be fantastic. You <laughs> Don't miss this. Yep. Do not miss this event. Uh, again, g3men.org. Get registered for the event and then take advantage of the, of the price savings right before uh, things uh, go up in February. That said, let's jump into our topic, Josh. 
I'll turn things over to you and you'll, you'll lead us forward. Yeah, absolutely. So the topic of this podcast is actually the topic and the theme of the conference for this upcoming year. And it's it's on the sovereignty of God. And when we think about the sovereignty of God, it's, it's the foundational doctrine of right. Scripture. I mean, if you miss the sovereignty of God, if you if you get that wrong, you're going to get a lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to get uh, you know everything from the character and the attributes of God. You're going to get that wrong, which means that you're not really going to know who God is as He has revealed Himself in the pages of Scripture. But it's also going to impact how you worship God. Mm-hmm. It's going to impact how you engage in missions and evangelism. This is a, a critical doctrine. Uh, as we think about Scripture. And so when it comes to the sovereignty of God, we want to make sure that we get it right. And one of the things that that has burdened me is this idea that the evangelical church in America and really around the world is suffering from a lack of, of proper understanding of who God is. Yeah. Well, people, people are afraid of the doctrine. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, so fear, we're going to talk about that today as well. Um, I, I really love what R.C. Sproul said years ago. He said, in my classes in the seminary, I raise questions like, is God in control of every single molecule in the universe? He says, when I raise that question, I say, the answer to that question will not determine whether you are a Christian or a Muslim, a Calvinist or an Arminian, but it will determine whether you are a theist or an atheist. Wow. Now, I think the, the reason for the importance of a statement like that is based upon the reality that God absolutely controls everything. The robust sovereignty of God means that the whole of life is impacted by this doctrine. And so we need to think critically about that, and we need to you know, think about the fact that if we don't have a sovereign God, then you, know, you don't have creation. Right. If you don't have a sovereign God, then then you don't have a virgin birth. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a sovereign God, then you don't have Christianity. Right. If you don't have a sovereign God, then, then, then literally everything that you can think of in life is impacted, and really the whole of existence stops. Yeah, well, that's, that's part of the problem. People kind of want to pick and choose aspects right. over which God can have sovereignty. Right. Like, yeah, he's sovereign over the weather, or he's sovereign right. again over this or that. Yeah. Not realizing that in order, like you just said, virgin birth, creation, all of these aspects are very salvation. If God's not sovereign over every single aspect of everything, then he's not sovereign over anything. Right. That's right. The, the Greek and Roman pantheon of gods are not sovereign. That's right. They have power. They're supermen. But that's not like the sovereign God that we yeah. find in Scripture or that can save us and can comfort those yeah. of his people who yeah. are in distress. Yeah, in fact, you, you you reference the the pantheon of these these Greek gods and goddesses. They actually needed the esteem and the worship right. of those people. Mm-hmm. And so, when you study those gods and those beings, really, when you get down to the nitty gritty, that that they were they're very needy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, their existence is is really resting upon you know the interaction the worship the esteem that comes from the people whereas the god of scripture does not need anything right it's because those gods are part of creation this right. is true of any false god in all the religions of the world except for the true god they are part of nature rather than transcending creation Absolutely. as the sovereign god is right. yeah i mean when when you think about about the very 
the very Bible that we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the book begins in the beginning, right. God. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's the very starting point. Mm-hmm. Often, what you see is when when there's a deviation in some theological you know idea that that varies off. They, they'll, they'll they'll read that and then ignore it, right? right. It, it'll be put to the side for the purpose of I've got to find what I'm trying to drive at or where I'm trying to go, and they'll they'll unpack scripture in in a way that really is not focused on the on the sovereign God who created it all, mm-hmm. for whom the book was written about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was had a conversation with someone the, the other day. Uh, in, fact, in fact, I was I, I was on a, a, an episode. Uh, I, I won't name it here, but uh, where we were talking about. Um, you know issues of, of of man and who who man is and and, and what man's about and, uh, and 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 there was a commentator who said you know I, I, that's why I love the Bible the, the the Bible the Bible is 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 it's a book about me it's a book written for me I kind of see I kind of see myself in these in these people and again I, I, I in the beginning you no no I, I, I <laughs> here's the thing I think I think the, the, while the the commentary in that vein. Uh, I think it was an honest mm-hmm. mistake, uh, and I, I addressed it. I said, mm-hmm. "Well, no, the book isn't about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is about the revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is about the revelation of His Son and, and His coming, and, and and why we have a, a need for Him. That's what the book is about. But 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 again, I think I think that commentary is common. Yeah, I, right. I think I think many people think that yeah. the book was written about them rather than recognizing it's all about God's sovereignty. Yeah, it's all about Him. It really is. It's all about God. Yes. Uh, salvation is all about God. Creation is all about God. I mean, when you get down to the to the intricate details of every molecule is is controlled exists for the very purpose of glorifying God. I mean, just think about the reality of the expanse of say the Grand Canyon. I mean, if you've ever visited the Grand Canyon and you've just walked the trails, you'll note that I mean, it's just enormous. And there are places on the far side of the Grand Canyon that have little crevices of rocks and. And even on the side of high cliffs where no one walks by, mm-hmm. on you know the, the, the sheer cliff face, where there are just little bitty flowers that in the springtime will bloom in r- radiant colors. I mean, just the most beautiful of, of creation, these, these flowers. But yet not one human being ever sees it. Mm-hmm. It exists, and then it withers and dies, and you just have to ask the question, for what purpose? And it's all for God. Yeah. I mean, think about what A.W. Pink said. He said this, The sovereignty of God is the foundation of all Christian theology, the center of gravity and the system of Christian truth. It is the sun around which all the other planets circle. God is God, not merely in name, but in reality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that 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 speaks to the to the grandness, the bigness, the magnitude, the majesty uh, of God. As we were working on um, the the uh, the promotion for the conference, um, and and you and I were talking about ideas for how 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 can we capture in a visual context uh, the the sovereignty of God in creation. Um, and you kept pointing back to, you know, the the very heavens declare uh, His glory, and so so the, the the imagery needs to be that that majestic. It needs to be that large in yeah, an effort to capture. Yeah, my that. idea was not me, Josh, walking in and doing anything in the <laughs> video. So we're gonna get that <laughs> on the table right off the bat, right? Right. That was my, I, I take full I take yeah. full responsibility for that. My idea <laughs> was 
Josh out of it. Glory of God, majesty of God. I get it. At the forefront. And and, and listen, I I appreciate your your submission to our collective ideas (laughs) and how we all put that together. I just want to make sure that we get that clear. That was good. I, I I love the video. Did you like yeah, the video? Yeah, it's good. Did, did, did you guys like the video? Yeah. Check in with us if you, you haven't like seen video. it. They need to see it. Yeah, they definitely yeah. need to see it. Absolutely. <laughs> How you worked that in was impressive. That was yeah, good. Well, you know. <laughs> so when we think about Pink's statement, yeah. you know, it is the foundation of all Christian theology. We need to ask ourselves the question, how do we define the sovereignty of God? Mm-hmm. How do we define the mm-hmm. sovereignty of yeah. God? So I think as, as we, you know, unpack this doctrine, you know, what we have is we have the one true and living God over against all of the other little g gods Mm -hmm. that don't truly exist, that are merely created by the mind and imagination of man. As the psalmist writes, they have eyes but do not see, they have noses but do not smell, they have a throat but they can't make a sound come from it. Mm -hmm. Um, They are false gods. Mm -hmm. The one true and living God, though, is the one who has created all things he sustains all things, and so he is the most powerful being that the world and that the universe has ever seen right. or ever will see. Right. And so he stands at the center of all creation. He is indeed the source of all creation, the sustainer of life, the giver of life. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. And so everything is controlled by him, mm-hmm. and, it, and it all exists for him. Right. And so that's really just like a short snippet of the way that you could define the sovereignty of God. Yeah, I think there, there are many places in Scripture we see this. Perhaps one of the most succinct verses that encapsulates all of those areas you just talked about. You're going to go to the Psalms. Well, I, I am going to go there in a minute, but I'm thinking of Romans 11.36. Well, I've, I've, I yeah. absolutely you know, agree with that. From, through, to. You talked about yeah. him being the source, yep. sustainer, and yep. end. But yes, uh, the Psalms. You know, I'm 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 doing a lot of work in there lately, and you know, there's there's five books of the Psalms. The whole central theme of Book Four of the Psalter mm-hmm. is the Lord reigns, yeah. the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. And if you want to you want to find a phrase that encapsulates the sovereignty of God, that's it. Mm-hmm. The the rule and reign of God. Yeah. Right. His His kingdom is glorious. He rules over all. Sure. I mean, to to you know Romans eleven thirty six. You know when it talks about from him and through him yeah. and to him are not some things, right. all things, yeah. which means, as Sproul stated, there is no such thing as a, a maverick molecule mm-hmm. that's roaming about outside of the, the realm of God's sovereignty. Yeah. And think about the context of Romans 11.36. That's not just talking about the weather or these grand things that people are comfortable with God being sovereign over, right. even talking about our salvation. Absolutely. Right? And again, it, we can't pick and choose. He's yeah. either sovereign over all, like you just said, like the verse says, right. or he's not yeah. sovereign over anything. Right. Yeah. You know, when I think about the magnitude of creation, I think about like stars, like, you know, Betelgeuse that exist out there in mm-hmm. the expanse of the universe. And this star is a superstar that's so large that it's like, 1180 times, you know, the the radius of the sun that, that we look at every day. It's hard to even fathom. So one of the ways to, you know, that it's been described to fathom the size of that star is that if you took a pearl off of a necklace and you were to go to the dome, the Mercedes dome where the Falcons play, mm-hmm. that's a massive building. And you were to walk out to the 50 yard line, stand in the middle of that 
of that field and take that small pearl and just place it right on the center of that field at the at the at the 50 yard line and then back up and look at that pearl in relation to the whole dome the dome and everything there you know inside that that space would represent beetlejuice and that little pearl would represent the earth mm-hmm. unbelievable and god created it all right yeah. And so as you stated, Romans 11.36 is not just about the fact that he created Beetlejuice, but that he actually engages and invades the brokenness of this world, the sinfulness of this world, and he actually opens deadened hearts, and then he replaces those, those deadened hearts with hearts of flesh that that are alive, yeah. and yeah. so he, he actually saves sinners. Yeah, when you understand to the point you you're making here, the the, the magnitude yeah. of God. When you when you understand that that just just the vastness of who God is and 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 what what he what he's capable of, it should provide for the believer in the space where we are a peace that passes understanding. Right. Uh, because we know he's in full control of everything that we encounter and, and, and engage in. And so where we're, we're tending to, to be worried about day-to-day things, about issues of life, uh, life and death, about, uh, about health, about what, what the government's going to do next week. Uh, and, oh, we've got to, you know, this is, you, we're going to hear this a, a ton this year. Mm-hmm. This is the most important election that will ever take place mm-hmm. in the history of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to hear that. And, and, and not to minimize elections or, uh, or, 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 or the loss of a loved one or what have you. But to understand that we can absolutely rest in the magnitude and majesty of a sovereign God who loves us and cares for us is in- incredibly important. Yeah, and you know, I I, I actually know a, a really good book that addresses that topic. Do you? And it's called "Why Are You Afraid?" <laughs> by Virgil Walker and Dara Hills. I, I hope you guys know that you know every episode of this podcast is going to be like my goal to seamlessly segue into a book promotion, nice, right? Nice. But, but seriously, uh, Daryl and Virgil have have written uh, this fantastic book that was the first book published by G3 Press, mm-hmm. Why Are You Afraid? Dealing with Sinful Anxiety and Fear. Yeah. And one of the reasons people are afraid is they don't trust the sovereignty of God, Absolutely. right? That's one of the yeah. solutions of that problem. Yeah. In fact, studies demonstrate that 18% of the total population of, of America, uh, really, if you, if you just look at those stats, 18% of our population is crippled by some sort of fear. Wow. So that means it could be fear of spiders, arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, all sorts of different fears that exist like pathophobia, which is the fear of pathogens or diseases. Or you have thanatophobia, which is the fear of death. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about all of the fears, I mean, there's all sorts of stats you could read. It's sort of a, it's, it could be humorous at, at some level, but right. there's, the fear of chickens, the fear of clowns, the fear of, you know, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to the reality of the problem, it's a problem in the human heart right. because yeah. they, they do not understand who God is. Right. And so then you can come, you know, out just a bit and you can start talking about, you know, the culture around us mm-hmm. that spills over into the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we start having people that are just crippled by fear of, you know, what politician was elected recently. sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Or the fear of, you know, darkness or the fear of, you know, as we talked about a moment ago, the fear of death itself, which is, you know, a common thing. Yeah. In a, in a given year, 
if you're a member of a church, you're going to have a friend, a family member, a loved one, or a, a, a dear fellow church member that's going to pass away. Mm. We experience death on a, on a yearly basis, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And so there's all sorts of fears that will cripple people, but the, the source of crippling fear, like a phobia, is like you said a moment ago, it's this idea that we do not truly know who God is as he has revealed himself in the pages of Scripture. Yeah. And so what that should actually do when we understand the sovereignty of God is it should allow us to sleep well at night. It right? should, yeah. Right. One of the things that, I, I mean, as even as we're having this conversation, um, I, I'm getting more excited uh, about our conference. Uh, I, I really am because what, what I'm recognizing as, as, as we just – walk through the, the magnitude, the majesty, the power of, of, the, of the sovereign God of the universe and his care for us and the state that it should put us in, in one, one, of, one of peace and, and of rest, right. of understanding the times, being able to assess what's happening, but also resting in him. I, I, think, I think a large segment of our population, especially believers, need to be in a space where they, where they have, uh, encounter a heavy dose, just an infusion of 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 the of the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, yeah. So that when they when they leave that space and they go back to where they are, they could be even that much more effective and strategic yeah. in what God has yeah. them to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think what what this discussion of fear illustrates is two things. One, uh, that the the doctrine of the sovereignty of God is supposed to be a comforting doctrine. People yes. are so afraid oh, that's of it. Good. That's a great. It point. creates a lot of yeah, a lot good. of angst. Yeah. But whether you're even Romans eleven thirty six. The whole context there is not supposed to make people upset about the doctrine of election. Right. It's supposed to give us comfort that God has chosen us. Right. We yeah. are sinners worthy of God's wrath, and in his sovereignty he has chosen a people. In the Psalms, in the midst of, of, of attacks from without and even our own sinfulness, the fact that God reigns is a comforting doctrine. It, it ought to be. Yes. And number two... Fear and anxiety is just one of many symptoms that arise from a failure to recognize the sovereignty of God. You alluded to this, I think, right in your opening. Any of the problems that are facing the church today, that are facing the culture today, culture today, all of those problems really at the end of the day can be traced back to failure to recognize the sovereignty of God. Fear and anxiety is one of them, but even things like relying on and depending upon man-made extra-biblical ideologies. Right. What, is that, what right. is that rooted in? Right. A failure to recognize the sovereignty of God. Uh, a desire for extra-biblical revelation. What is that rooted in? A fail to recognize the sovereignty of God. Mm. So all of these problems we could, we could tease out, all rooted in this one doctrine, which is supposed to be a doctrine in which we can find, like you said, rest and yeah. peace yes. and comfort yes. and assurance mm-hmm. in a God who reigns. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Psalm 135, 6 Whatever the Lord pleases, whatever Yahweh pleases, he does mm. in heaven and on earth, mm. in the seas and all deeps. I mean, just let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever Yahweh wants is what he does. Now, that should give us peace to go to sleep at night and rest well, knowing that we don't have to wring our hands and wonder or question whether or not God's sovereign over my life, right. my family. Uh, the church that I serve is his church. 
I mean, literally, we should find comfort in this doctrine, and we want a big God. Mm-hmm. We want a big God when you know hurricanes are bearing down on the right. on the you know coastline, right. or we want a big God when our loved one is diagnosed with cancer. Sure. We want a big God in all of these various different you know moments and seasons of life, but when it comes to the realm of you know salvation mm-hmm. and missions, right. <clears throat> We want to question that. Like, mm-hmm. who, who has free will? And we want to have this debate, right. right? Well, it seems like, you know, even those who claim to be Arminians or, you know, reject the doctrines of grace, they, you know, they, they claim that man has free will right. and they want to, you know, chop that way when they talk about theology. Sure. But then suddenly when they pray, they become a Calvinist. Right. 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 Yeah, right. why pray? Right, I mean, yeah. because they, they, they literally say, well, man has free will, man right. can reject, man can walk away, man can choose God on his own. We just have to go and be the, the mailman, so to speak. Right. Really? Right. Well, then why in the world did you pray for God to soften hearts, awaken sinners, save sinners, mm-hmm. bring people out of darkness into light? Why did you pray that way? Right. Mm-hmm. right. There's a trust in a sovereign God who's able to do that. Because if God is not sovereign, then don't pray. Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. Because usually the question is framed in a different way. Right. If God is sovereign, why pray? Right. I say, if God is is sovereign, we must pray. Right. We must. Because He's the one ultimately who's going to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I would venture to say this as well. I, I'll I'll tease this out and let, let you guys, uh, you know, give me you know what your thoughts on it. You you can test. How 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 serious people are about this doctrine in in how often or how much they're willing to pray. Yeah, right. You you mm. can you can tease that out, but mm-hmm. if 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 I'm if I'm trusting in God's sovereignty, I, I'm, I'm praying more times than not. If I'm trusting in my own strength, yeah. my own ability, my own you know uh, giftings to get things uh, make things happen, I, I won't spend the time in prayer. Right. I'll, I'll spend the time trying to work it out on my own behalf well, rather than trusting in the sovereignty. To that God. to that point, Virgil, the Psalms are not little hallmark you know clippings of poetry. <laughs> right, they are prayers yeah. of the psalmist who is on his face in utter fear and then and then in facing that fear in recognition nice. to God's yes. sovereignty yes. and then applying that truth to his own situation oftentimes we see that it's it's raw it's emotional it's it's sometimes distressing to read but what we see is we see a psalmist who recognizes that God is big strong he's in control of all things and then he humbles himself in light of that truth and then recommits himself to obey God no matter what absolutely yeah. and there's really i think that's an excellent point from the psalms and there's an important implication for that you know we you mentioned earlier Josh the impact upon our worship of a view of the sovereignty of God and when we think of worship, when we think of glorifying God, we think in terms of praise, rightly so. But what the Psalms show us is that we can't just like jump into praise without the proper context. Right. The way to praise is first recognizing the sinful world in which we live, acknowledging that. But then the path from lament to praise is right. trust. Right. There's always this element of trust first before we get to the praise. Mm. And what is trust rooted in? 
absolute assurance in the sovereignty of God. Yeah. That is what leads us to trust. If we don't believe in a sovereign God, how how can we trust a God who can't actually do right. what he wants? Right. But we can. Yeah. We can trust him, and then that leads us to full-throated praise. That's yeah, good. it does. And and I really love that because if you if you just chart out the path of those psalms, oftentimes what, what you see is you will see a statement of reality or mm-hmm. truth, and then you'll see a confession. Right. And then you'll see, in many ways, like a revival of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I will be revived when you do this, when you act, but an, a, a solemn trust in who God is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, as, as, as we wrap up here, I've, I've got to say, listening to this conversation, I, I really believe this, this, this kind of intro podcast, this first episode of, of this new season of the podcast, I think this is going to be helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as they're thinking about a brand new year, uh, as they're perhaps looking at, at the previous and, and, and figuring out what, what happened, what went, what went on, and, and how am I going to navigate uh, th- this brand new calendar that, that I have in front of me, uh, I think the best place for them to start uh, is, is, in, is in this doctrine. Yeah. It's, it's in the idea that God is sovereign. It's, it's in the understanding, the truth, uh, that God is, is sovereign in all things. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you, in fact, I, I, and, and the way I've been encouraged listening to you, man, I'm going to encourage you who are, are, are viewing this, share this with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, take this podcast and, and push it forward. Make sure someone else hears it, gets it. Uh, and then I'm going to encourage you as well to, to, to jump online, go to g3men.org, and get connected uh, to our national conference. You're going to want to be there. If, if, if what you've experienced is any indication uh, of what of, of the greater joy we'll experience all together mm-hmm. uh, here in September, you won't want to miss the conference. Uh, go to g3men.org. And again, those Spanish speakers who are going to are, are here uh, in March, who, who, who are, are thinking about coming and joining us, we would love to love to have you uh, participate in that conference as well. Our regional conference here uh, at Praise Mill Baptist Church. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, I just want to touch just an additional sure. point that Scott teased out just a moment ago as it pertains to worship. I think when we think about the sovereignty of God and we see, the, if we just look at the church today, honestly, um, in many ways it's an indictment upon the church mm-hmm. and the church's woeful understanding, the lack of understanding when it comes to the sovereignty of God. In other words, when you think about the American life, just typical American life, like when you travel the world, and then you leave that third world country and you come back home, it's quite clear that we are a very unique people mm-hmm. in the sense that we are shaped and conditioned by all sorts of things. And it's typically shallow. It's trivial. It's cheap. Yeah. And then that really comes into the way we worship. It, it, it really flows into the church mm-hmm. so that when you go into the average church today, the church likes to try to, you know, shape itself like a, a coffee shop or the feel of, you know, like a living room right. or a fireside chat where everyone just comes as they are. We want to be comfortable. Right. We want to be relevant. We want to be, you know, we want to be sappy, happy, cheerful. And, and there's, no, there's no room for seriousness. Right. And if we really truly understood who God is and how he has revealed himself in the pages of the Bible, it would have a direct impact. It would leave an indelible mark upon how we worship him. Worship the Lord in reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Absolutely. And so this whole doctrine, I think, is, is important when we think about, okay, a diagnosis and how we walk through a trial of death. Mm-hmm. 
and bury a loved one. Uh, it, it, it has implications and applications upon the whole of life, but at the heart of what we do weekly as a church and how pastors should approach the worship of their local church, mm-hmm. this doctrine is paramount. Absolutely. And so we need to take it seriously. And so I'm looking forward to this conference, Virgil. Yeah. I can't wait to gather with everyone and to celebrate, to see one another again, yeah. to fellowship, uh, but to have sessions focused on the sovereignty of God in creation, the sovereignty of God in suffering, the sovereignty of God in salvation, it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an incredible, incredible time. You won't want to miss it. Yep. Again, I can't reiterate that enough. Uh, join us September 21st through the 23rd. Go, uh, go, go to g3men.org, uh, the conference on the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. Be there with us. Thanks for joining us for this episode uh, of the G3 podcast. We're glad you join us. Please share this, like this, uh, uh, push it out there subscribe subscribe do all those things Uh, we definitely want you to connect with us and join us next time for an episode of the g3 podcast